Hello, everyone. Welcome to Seek Go Create. This is Tim Winders, and uh, got a little bit of a, I don't know, a little bit low key, a little bit, uh, I don't even know if melancholy is the right word. That's not typically something that describes my mood or personality, but uh, this topic is kind of how do we break free from our addiction to more is something that's been been on my mind for some time now and I'll talk more about the origins of it in just a moment but this is just me on mic so uh, glad that you're here welcome to seek go create if you're watching on any of our socials or if you're on YouTube or listening in on the podcast uh, network of your choice welcome I'm so glad that you're here and we're gonna be talking about a number of things and primarily the topic is how do we break free from our addiction to more. And I've kind of brought this up briefly at other times, but I've been making notes on this for a little while and it's just been kind of growing till now I believe it was something that is more of an episode uh, to share with you. So welcome, glad that you're here. So some of you might be going, oh boy, this doesn't sound like an exciting topic. But believe me, I, I really do think that it is because this is something that is plaguing us, me, others in our culture, in our society. And I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. Maybe it's just not popular. Maybe we'll see. We'll see how many people want to listen in on this episode. We'll kind of know. But, uh, but to me, I know it's been important in my journey and I look around and work with people, I think it's important in other people's journey. And I believe that it's something that we need to discuss more. So how do we break free from our addiction to more? And let me just kind of tell you how this came up and why I started. What I do is I'll usually open up a Google Doc and just start pouring in some notes. And if it forms into something that's a little more than just a bunch of notes and brainstorming, then I might try to make something out of it, like an episode or an interview or, or maybe even a book or something like that. And this came up, really came to a head in a, in a couple of ways. I recently interviewed on Seat Go Create here a gentleman by the name of Mark Whitaker. And if you haven't listened to this episode, go back and listen. I think that it released either in January or February of 2022. And uh, we'll include a link down in the, uh, the episode notes so that you can go back and listen to it. But Mark Whitaker was the guy that the movie, The Informant, was based on. Some things that happened in his life. And this was a movie that Matt Damon was, was the star of. I think the movie came out, the Hollywood movie came out in 2009. I watched watched it at that time. I remember watching it and it was fascinating and I won't go over the entire episode. You can go back and listen to uh, the conversation that Mark Whitaker and I had, but, but basically quick story is he was a very successful executive at ADM, Archer Daniels Midland, large corporation, top 50 corporation in the world. And uh, he was one of the top four or five in the corporation and he had a Ferrari, had access to private planes, big house, all of this stuff. But yet he was one that was, and we talk about it more, embezzling from the company. He was an informant for an FBI case against the company. Anyway, just there's a lot of ins and outs to that story. But during the course of the conversation, Mark and I were talking about some similar things about our upbringing during the 70s and 80s and just uh, kind of about the go-go 80s that formed a lot of us. He was a few years ahead of me in college and things like that. And at some point, we came to this kind of aha moment, both of us, that we, myself and him, it manifested in different ways, but we had an addiction to more. And so that was one, one area that this topic that we're discussing today came up. And, um, and I, and I want to say that it wasn't that huge to me then, but the more I thought about it later and then I listened to the episode, I went, wow, there's something to this. And, uh, for those that know me, know, I kind of have a, a spiritual, I guess, 
um, attitude about me. And I really do believe it was the Holy Spirit just kind of like reaching out to me and probably Mark saying, bam, this is something that has more to it. I want y'all to pay attention. Well, so that was one thing. And then recently I was actually doing my final read through on my novel, my debut novel that's going to be released soon. I'll mention more about that later. And so I was reading through it and I needed to write down some marketing messages, kind of a summary description and uh, some things like that. And so as I was uh, doing that, I recognized that one of the things that was an underlying theme of the book. There's a lot of themes to the book. It's a, it's a journey that the main character goes on and it's a personal journey. And then there's also uh, this mysterious, mystical coach person that interacts with my main character. And, uh, and there's some themes around both of those, but I recognized that this theme of addiction to more was kind of you know, sprinkled throughout the book. And so when I wrote some of the description, I actually tied that into it. So, so I, I recognize that this was a theme of what I had written, but I didn't even know it as I was writing. And I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Some people say, how could you have written this book, Tim, and not know that one of the themes was that your main character and others that you were speaking to, uh, you were kind of calling out this addiction to more. And the answer to it is I was just writing a book and, and I really felt like the Lord was telling me some things to write. So maybe it was the Lord doing it, or I don't know. I don't know how it came about. So I can't answer that question, but I do know that afterwards it did come out. So those two things kind of got me thinking about this and, and kind of caused me to open up this document and start putting these notes on it that I'm going to be sharing with you here over the next few minutes. So I do want to say this, that when we call it, talk about the addiction to more, a lot of people, they're not going to grasp this. I know this and and it I don't even know if it has anything to do with your spiritual background. There are a lot of people that would consider themselves Christian and spiritual people in today's world that that some of the things I'm talking about right here, it is just not even registering and, and hard to grasp. I would have been that way back in 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, when we were building companies and, and grow, grow, grow. And I would have just thought that I was being blessed. The Lord was pouring out money and business on us. And that's just the way that it was. And not recognizing that I had this addiction to more. And so I would like to say that this message, this topic is specifically for people that might consider themselves Christians or followers of Christ. But I don't, I don't know that I want to isolate people. I mean, if you're someone and you don't have that belief, then I would say hang around. In fact, in some ways, I see people that are outside of church world, religion world, uh, Christian world, that really handle this topic of material possessions and the addiction to more better than some people inside the walls of the church. And that might be a topic for another day. I don't want to go down that road, but uh, I've shared before, I grew up in kind of a prosperity gospel. Uh, some of my early formative, early Christian years, I was in a prosperity gospel and boy, we were naming and claiming and calling it down and believing for it and all that type stuff. And I look back on it now and go, boy, that was just really feeding this addiction that I had it just had scriptures and it had some uh, some biblical references to it. And we just used that to justify what we were doing. So anyway, I, I don't really know who this message is for, but if, you've, if you're still here and still listening, maybe it's for you and maybe it's something that you just want to understand more, or at least maybe understand the thoughts that I have on it. And that is very, very cool. So I'm glad you're here. Um, I, I will say this, kind of in the... Uh, spiritual realm, that it does help with this topic if you have more of a concept of life beyond what we live on this earth, the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 120 years that you may have, that, uh, that if one thinks that that is the only existence that you will have, 
then I could see how some people might say, addiction to more, I just think I need to get as much as I can get, do as much as I can do, experience as much as I can experience while I'm on this earth, because there isn't anything beyond that. And you know, I if that is your worldview, if that is your spiritual view, then I could sort of see that, but I also know how some of the things we're going to talk about impacts other people. And so I guess I might appeal to you to say, maybe hang around and listen, even though I'm going to be referencing a lot of scriptures and things like that, because I actually have the view that this sliver of time that we're here is just a small amount of time in the eternal and in the bigger picture. And so I'm not necessarily now, this has changed in my life, looking at everything I can do and or get while I'm here, that there is a bigger picture and a longer term uh, eternal thought process related to all of that. So I hope that makes sense because uh, uh, that's why I wanted to distinguish between who the listeners are with this, uh, with this episode and, uh, and just say that for those that might want to lean in more to what I call kingdom of God principles, then to me, this message may be more for you versus someone who says, I don't care about that stuff. It doesn't matter to me. I just want to get me some cars, some houses and some stuff while I'm here. And, uh, and then I'm done. So anyway, I just, you know, I'm trying not to call you out on that. I've been there so I can sort of have some compassion for uh, that mindset also. We, those of us that are leaning towards, leaning into the kingdom of God principles, we claim to serve God and his kingdom. However, having this addiction, this affliction, this whatever you want to call it, unfortunately, our actions will not reflect that service. And I'm going to give some examples of that later, that even though we believe we're serving him and his kingdom, when all of a sudden we start leaning towards serving uh, stuff, material possessions, I'll talk more about in just a moment, then what we're basically doing is we're turning aside that those principles of God and that kingdom principles, as much as some of us would not want to admit that, that uh, we can't serve both. I'll talk more about that in just a moment. Um, but, but I do want to say this. This is something that a lot of people, when I use the word addiction, I am using that word very intentionally and very specific to kind of get your attention. Because in, in the world that we're in today, when we start using things like addiction, usually it's substance abuse, it's uh, possibly with men, you're addicted to porn, you're addicted to sex, you're addicted to pleasure, you're addicted to uh, uh, possibly, you know, some type of alcohol or something like that. That's what we usually uh, equate addictions to. And we usually equate it to something that would be negative, something that you can't control. Your body, your flesh, your soul, maybe your mind says, I've got to have this and I can't break away from that addiction. Well, here's the odd thing about this addiction. And, and Mark Whitaker and I discussed this briefly when we had the episode that I referenced earlier where we uh, had the conversation on Seek, Go, Create. We had this discussion that the addiction to more, for most of society, it's okay to have that. In fact, it's applauded. We recognize it. We reward people for it. We honor them. We give them uh, special recognition. They usually move up the food chain in corporations. Uh, we talk a lot about how it's okay to have dreams, goals, visions of more stuff, more cars, things like that. And I, and I do want to say right now, I am not against any of those things. It is this addiction of more things that I'm talking about here. So please don't in any way say, oh, Tim is like talking about we don't need to have cars or houses or anything like that, even though I am living in a little bit of a different lifestyle myself as I'm sitting in the front seat of our RV and, and we currently don't have a home or anything like that. We are nomads 
but uh, but I'm not against all that, okay? So please don't, or against money. I mean, it's financial blessing and all that is really, really cool. You could do a lot of stuff with money. And uh, so I'm not against all that. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the insatiable addiction and drive for more. And the reason that I can speak to it is because I recognize that I have a tendency towards that addiction. And it really manifested and came out in back in 2008. I've shared before, I won't go here, but about all the companies and businesses we had. And, you know, I felt like I was a pretty good, you know, spiritual Christian guy, but yet I was looking for the bigger houses, more, more business. I would wake up every morning thinking about more, 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 and thinking that that's what I was designed and created for. I do think that growth is a good thing, but addiction to growth, not necessarily a good thing. So, so, and here's, here's the problem with it. In our society, it's rewarded and idolized. In fact, I mean, things like the hustle culture and doing more and, and, you know, uh, go, go, go and getting up early and staying up late and all that. And I've done all that. And there's times for that. It's important. But when it, uh, when it consumes us, I don't believe that that's good. School, all of our systems, our governments, our marketing messages, our media, both social and traditional media, even our parents, the way we're raised at times, all of that feeds this addiction because everything that we do, I mean, I was just talking to uh, Glory, my wife, about this recently, you know, as parents growing up, typically we want our children to live a better life. We want them to have more than we had. And again, not a bad thing unless it grabs hold of you and you begin making an idol out of the aspect of having more. So all of, I mean, it's kind of like we're going up against so much here because everything is feeding that more. And I just listed out a lot of the mores here. And again, these are not some of these, not necessarily bad, but the craving and insatiable desire for more money, more stuff, more power, more food, more pleasure, more comfort, more adventure, more experiences, more sex, more followers. I mean, how many of us on our social media channels are just craving more followers? We just want more influence. We want to have more impact. We just want more, more, more. And again, not necessarily bad unless it grabs hold of you. The subtle or not so subtle message when this occurs. And again, I'm looking, I'm kind of opening myself up here and looking inside, observing others I've interact with, conversations I've had. Not everyone deals with this. You might be listening to this going, nah, it's not me. But a lot of this is just baked into society. The subtle or not so subtle message is this. God is not enough that we've got to be satisfied with something outside of our relationship to God. And for those that are followers of Christ, the fact that we are in Christ and that Christ is where our primary relationship and source is. And so what a lot of us do is we do have that quote unquote relationship with Christ, but because of these addictions we have, we believe that we also need to be going after houses and cars and all that kind of stuff. And so that's the subtle or not so subtle message is that God is not enough. Or another not so subtle message is I don't trust God. I need to go out and make my money, make my, build my business, get my stuff, get mine, because God may not be able to provide that for me. So I need to go out and get it. Or another not so subtle message, and this one's a dangerous one that some of us have kind of dealt with. I need to be God, small g, not big G, small g. So I am, I am a form of God myself. God's busy, got stuff going on. That's me sort of joking, a little bit of a joke there. God's busy, got stuff going on. I need to become the God of my world, of my universe, and go out, create, build, grow stuff for myself and chase after that addiction that I have. And so those are some of the messages that we send when we are in this mode of uh, always looking for more. Now, I want to jump back to some things that I wrote for the, uh, the novel that is, depending on when you're listening to this, could be out or about to be coming out, uh, the book that I've got, which is Coach. And the subtitle is 
a story of success redefined. And I almost shifted the subtitle after rereading, like uh, we're talking about here, and saying something to the effect of, can we really break free from our addiction to more? Um, and, uh, and so, but, so I wanted to read to you kind of a description that I wrote, and this may be the description that's on the back cover of the book. We're finalizing some of that right now as we're, um, as we're recording this, as it, uh, it will be released, uh, soon. I'll mention that in just a moment, but here's what I wrote down when I was talking about some of the marketing or descriptions, break free from the addiction to more, or another title there, can we really break free from our addiction to more. And then I said, Cooper Travis, this is the main character. Cooper Travis was the guy that appeared to have it all. Money, a large company, beautiful wife, big house, cars, and so much more. Why would he attempt to end his life when he had more than most people would ever want? He was driven by the addiction to more that grips many of us today. And then the second subtitle there was, How Do We Define Success? Follow Cooper on his journey of discovering the deeper meaning of success and breaking his insatiable desire for more. He is forced to question everything he believes as he is molded to the man that he was created to be. Along the way, his guide, coach, is a unique and at times supernatural mentor that forces him to redefine his personal definition of success. So that's what, uh, that's what I wrote as I was doing some descriptions on the book. Now, here's a, I'm, I'm going to go ahead right now. Let me put a plug in, uh, that on May 17th. So depending on when you're listening to this, it may be just a week or two away, or it could be just after that, but May 17th is the release date. And I'm going to ask a huge favor right here, kind of as a plug, is depending on when you're listening to this, go to timwinders.com forward slash book, timwinders.com forward slash book. If it's previous or before May 17th, pre-order it, pre-order the book, please. For some reason, the Amazon algorithms and all that, they love pre-orders. So I'm asking, please do that. If it's after May 17th, just go buy a copy wherever you buy copies. Because, uh, you know, I poured a lot into this book and I'm really excited about how it's forming up. And I shared something earlier that I'm both excited and a little nervous about this. So help me out. Go to timwinders.com forward slash book. And uh, if it's before May 17th, please pre-order. If afterwards, just get the book. So um, those are some things about the book. But I want to shift a little bit and kind of go through some scriptures that kind of explain a little bit more about this. And then we'll kind of wrap up with just some thoughts that I have, because I don't, I don't know that I have the answer to this. I kind of know what I've done personally. I know what others have done, and I'll kind of share what's happened to those, those folks and myself. But, uh, but I do know that what we're talking about here, it's not new for the times that we are currently in. This has been something that's been around for not hundreds, but thousands of years. My wife and I are currently doing a read through the Bible, and we just recently were in the book of Exodus, and now we're in Numbers, and, and, and we're really studying and reading about the nation of Israel, and they're on the path that God has taken them on, where he brought them out of slavery in Egypt, and he's moving them to God's more for them, God's best for them, which is the nation that they are going to have or the promised land that they are going to have. And so they spend 40 years wandering in the desert, in the wilderness, depending on what uh, one calls it. And they do that preparing to step into what I've titled as God's more for the purpose of this episode. And so this is the interesting thing about it is that I was sitting there reading this kind of as I was meditating on this topic and thinking about this, this more, this concept of the addiction to more. And I was sitting there reading it going, this nation of Israel, these folks, these million to three million, depending on how it's counted and, and uh, the accounts that you, uh, that you reference, but they really thought that they could decide what their more was when God was pretty clearly telling them, 
what he had in store for them. Now, maybe they couldn't visualize it. Maybe they didn't understand it. Maybe they had a lot of other stuff going on. Maybe they were still programmed to be slaves in Egypt. And there's a whole teaching there that we could go on uh, about the way we're programmed currently in our, in our culture. But either way, they would go a little ways and they would start complaining. And they would want to go back to Egypt and they would gripe and complain to God. They would complain to Moses. They would, they would want different type food. They would want different comfort. They would say that they had it so much better back in Egypt as slaves. It's almost like they forgot that they were slaves. And so the reason I bring it up here is that they were, they were desiring comfort. They were, they, were, they were wanting to have more, but yet they had no clear definition of what that was, even though God was clearly attempting to communicate to them that he was moving them in the direction of his best, his abundance, his more for them. I actually believe looking back on my life and I've been around others too, that we probably suffer from the same, that we gripe and complain about where we are. We think that something or some place or some accomplishment is going to be that satisfaction that we're looking for. But yet then we arrive there and we go, huh, I'm not sure that this was it. Maybe I should be listening to or seeking more of what God has for me, his plans. So, uh, so anyway, God wanted them to be satisfied with him and him only so that he could get them to the promised land. And again, I've said this earlier, there's nothing wrong with more until it consumes us. Uh, is more how we define success and we have to be cautious. It can be insatiable. Now, let's stay in scripture and let's jump to the New Testament. And let's jump to the New Testament and let's look at uh, the most prolific writer within the New Testament, which is Paul. And let's uh, see what Paul had to say about some things related to this topic. I'm going to be reading here out of Philippians 4, 10 through 14, 10 through 14. And, um, and as I do this, I want you to know I am reading from the message. So if you're trying to uh, go find this, I just love the way the message shared this. And then in a moment, I've got a scripture I'm going to read that's going to be out of New King James. So uh, I don't mean to be jumping around translations, but this is out of the message. All right, this is Paul, and he's responding to the Philippians when they have been maybe supporting or not supporting him like he like he wanted them to. <laughs> but anyway, it, I, I won't go into that, but just let's just take this scripture. Philippians 4, 10 through 14 from the message. I'm glad in God, far happier than you would ever guess. Happy that you're again showing such strong concern for me. I believe if I recall that they were not supporting him and then they were supporting him or they supported him and then they didn't and now they're supporting him again. Um, I believe that that was the actual uh, situation that was going on. Not that you ever quit praying and thinking about me. You just had no chance to show it. Actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content with whatever my circumstances. This is Paul speaking. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, listen to this, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anyone in the one, capital one, who makes me who I am. And then he kind of says, I don't mean that your help didn't mean a lot to me. It did. It was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles. But I, I, I want to state how different this sounds than conversations with Mark Whitaker that I have about people that are pursuing the things that are of the world and myself and others I've learned, this is Paul speaking again, I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. In other words, this is me kind of interpreting what, what Paul was saying. I'm good. I'd love to have y'all's help. I'd love to have your financial support. But regardless the Lord, he, the one, is my source. And regardless of what I have or don't have, uh, 
food I need or don't don't have, if I'm hungry, not hungry, then I am content and happy and live with joy. That doesn't sound like someone who's addicted to more, does it? It sounds like, and if you read in the New King James or the King James, he says he, he can abound or he can be abased. Those are the words that he used there, but he's good. He's happy. He's satisfied. And I want to say that for me personally, I've worked on this and I'm continuing to, this is the place that I desire to be. And I believe that this is the example that we should all aspire to be and desire to be. All right, let's move on. I'm going to move back to uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 6, and we're going to hear from Jesus Christ as he is teaching in what's affectionately or typically known as the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I'm going to read something here, and this, to me, is the message that we all need to hear, especially related to this topic, but I, I think we all need to hear it in the world we're in today over and over and over again. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and read. Let me, I'm going to pull. I've got my actual paper Bible here. I think I've said this before. I love holding it and having the paper and pages as opposed to the digital items. But I'm going to go to Matthew 6, 24. And I recommend if you've never read this, that you get your Bible out and you go highlight this whole section. This is in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount which we believe is one of the, where they have one of the most complete teachings of Jesus that you're going to find. Um, I, I believe that we should read the entire Bible, commit it to ourselves, study it. But if you have just a few things to study, then I think Psalms 23 is one. And then the Sermon on the Mount and what Jesus had to say and preach and teach while he was on this earth is the other. And we're right in the middle of it here. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Now, there's one more sentence in this scripture, but I want to say that some people might be a little bit fuzzy at this point, if that's all they're reading, because they're going, oh, okay, I don't serve two masters. Nah, I serve only one master. There's no doubt about it. Well, this last sentence should make it clear and why we're having this discussion that we're having here. Last sentence says, you cannot serve God and mammon. So I'm going to read the whole scripture again adding that sentence in. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, some versions will put the word money or riches where it says mammon there. The reason I wanted to read it out of this I think this is New King James, might be King James. Anyway, it's either one of the King James versions was because I think it's important that we look at the word mammon because it fits perfectly with the topic of more or the addiction to more. And so I could almost insert, I'm not trying to twist scriptures or anything, I can almost insert, you cannot serve God and the addiction to more. It's only one or the other. And uh, so I, what I want to do is I went to uh, the Strong's Concordance and I pulled up the Greek definition of that word that was used in the original for the word mammon. And it's uh, the Strong's references, reference 3126. I cannot begin to pronounce the, uh, the Greek, so I'm not even going to try. But let me just read what they say here in Strong's as the definition of that word that says you cannot serve God and mammon. It is wealth, the personification of riches. Mammon, the comprehensive word for all kinds of possessions, earnings and gains, a designation of material value, Listen to this, the God of materialism, and that God is with a small G, not a big G. 
And um, and also it mentions there's a reference in Luke 16, 13. It says um, this actually personifies mammon, which is the God of materialism. And materialism is another word for desiring and craving and needing more. And like I said earlier, you know, we're in a system in our world that everything about it runs off of more and it drives us to crave and desire that materialism. And I'm a business guy. I think most of you know I'm a business coach. Yay, capitalism. I love capitalism, love business and all. But I have to say that, you know, we uh, most of our marketing, most of our uh, uh, a lot of what we see in in our in our system of commerce, it runs our governments, truthfully, our monetary system. It doesn't run off everyone just getting to a certain place and staying there. It has to have more. There has to be increase. There, there must be a continuation. And one of the reasons it's really debt laden is because that debt is then continuing to fuel the system that is our monetary system. And, and so this materialism, it, it's just, it bombards us all of the time. And I've shared before, I'm not going to go into more detail here, but when, when we started trying to downsize or, or were forced to downsize because of our businesses losing a lot of, uh, a lot of revenue, in fact, all the revenue we had after 2008, we had to go through our home and start getting rid of things. And it is so hard to do. You are going against that force of more that just, it weighs on us. And, uh, and you know, one of the visuals, it just came to mind. I didn't even write it in my notes, but I remember being in the home that we were in when we were gathering our things together, thinking we might need to move because we were struggling to keep the home. And, and I remember we had a big old huge table in our kitchen area. I mean, it was a very large table. I think we could sit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, around 12 people around this table, maybe more. Um, and, uh, and so we could seat a lot of people, at least 12. And, and we were pulling together all of this dates us a little bit all of the DVDs, VHSs, and all that we had accumulated over the years because we were seeing what we wanted to keep and what we needed to get rid of. And we literally had stacks and stacks of these DVDs and VHSs. And, you know, some of them had been gifts. Some of them were open and been watched and, and, and looked at. Some of them were still in wrappers. And to me, that was it's still such a visual of how we just kept getting more and more of that. And that's just one small example. There are so many examples. Some of us, we've got it in our closets. Some of it's in our garages. Some of it's, it's in our basements. Some of us, it's just the way we think or our mindset. It might be, you know, we might be gluttonous when it comes to food or, or for me, I just wanted more business. I just wanted more influence and, and to build and create more business. And again, nothing wrong with any of that. Nothing wrong with DVDs, even though we don't have those anymore. Most people are streaming, but, but just the massive amounts of it and, and all that had been accumulate is just a representation of some of this here, that materialism that we're talking about. So, so the big question here is who do I serve? I need to ask myself the question. I'll ask you that. Who do you serve? Who do we serve? Do we really say that God is enough? that he's more than enough for us? Or do we serve mammon, mammon that can never be satisfied? It is insatiable. It just wants more and more. Who do we serve? I know for me that one of my biggest issues and challenges is that I find that I can serve mammon at times. And I try to repent of that. I try to break through, break from it. And I unfortunately was forced into breaking from it. And I think a lot of people, that's, that's what happened with Mark Whitaker that we interviewed. We, in different ways, basically were going down a path of serving mammon and mammon is destructive. It's part of the world system. It, it doesn't give life. It, it leads to death. And literally, 
we had to be jolted for us, financial collapse, all of that for, for Mark Whitaker, it was jail. He actually served time in, uh, in prison for, uh, for all that he did. And sometimes it's those things that will jolt you and get you out of that addiction to more. So, so I wanted to kind of, I was hopeful the teacher coach in me wanted to come up with these cool, hip, uh, you know, easy answers as I finished up this topic say, oh, this is, this is the problem. This is what we go through. Do you serve God or mammon? And this is all you have to do. Well, here's the challenge with this. There are no easy answers. In fact, if you're listening in and you believe you've got some of the answers or your experiences, I'd love to hear from them. Put them in our social channels or if you're on one of our, uh, on the page, the episode page at seekgocreate.com, go down and comment there. I'd love to hear from them. I've got a few here. In fact, I wrote a few and then overnight, in fact, this last night, I, I got what I believe is the better response, but I don't think it's the end all response because I think this is a battle that we always face. And obviously it's important because that's a very important scripture in Matthew 6, 24, and it goes all the way down, and I'm going to mention Matthew 6, 33 in just a moment, but there is more to this, so you check it out on your own. But, uh, but I wanted to try to answer the question, at least as we wrapped up here, how do we serve God and not mammon? How do we know we're doing it? How do we stay on track? How do we not slip and go from one to the other? Because I, I don't believe it's just a decision. I believe it's a process. I believe it's something that we have to be doing on a regular basis. And, uh, and it's not just something, I, I, and I'm sure that there are some people, if you're still listening in, that you probably don't deal with this like others do, maybe like myself and Mark Whitaker. But I think we all have to deal with it, and I think we all are faced with it. So um, a few things that I acknowledged that I said, these were my first few little bullet points before I got to two of the bigger ones that I'll finish up with. My smaller bullet points were, I think it's helpful to just be aware of this, our tendency to desire more, and to have discussion about it like we're doing here on this episode. I think it's good to do that and just say, you know what, I need to be mindful of it. I need to, in my quiet time, in my prayer time, be aware of it. I need to have people around me that might call me out if I'm all of a sudden let it all of a sudden letting some of this take over again, like I may have done in the past. Very similar to people that have possibly gone through addictions with substances or, uh, you know, you need accountability with someone, might need a coach or a mentor, or someone like that is just being aware of it. I think it's important for us to acknowledge the bigger picture, acknowledge that we serve God, not mammon, and have an understanding of it like we've discussed here. Um, I wrote down something here that's kind of funny. Some of you might get it. Some of you might not. It could be a dated reference, but I wrote down here, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And I don't know exactly what I meant by that, but uh, it seemed like it was somewhat appropriate. Um, maybe not hyper-spiritual or anything like that, but we just need to keep a check on ourselves. You know, you need to every once in a while go out into uh, your garage and if all of a sudden you've packed your garage with stuff that you never use, you never do anything with, possibly, I'm not saying you're a hoarder or anything like that. It could be valuable stuff or, you know, things you need for your work or business or something like that. But you might just want to look and go, you know what, maybe I'm slipping into this serving or being addicted to more and serving mammon and not God. So check yourself before you wreck yourself. And then, um, then this last one is the continuation of the scripture that started in Matthew 6, 24, which is Matthew 6, 33. One of my scriptures that I hold near and dear to my heart because it helps me with this. And it is Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added to you. And it goes, the, the things are listed between 624 and 633, but it's basically food, clothing, shelter, which represents all the material items that we would and could ever need. And uh, so what it says is instead of seeking those things first, mammon, we should be seeking 
first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So uh, that would be one item there. Seek God, not mammon. Seek God, not mammon. Spend quiet time with him, not, uh, you know, shopping on Amazon or going to the malls and stores or whatever. And uh, I know those shopping is just one small superficial example of what I'm talking about. But uh, I'm hopeful that most of you are getting it, that that is a manifestation of this addiction to more. And so uh, seek God, not mammon. One other item related to that, that we used to talk about more, don't talk about it as much anymore, is just practice delayed gratification. One of the things I try to do is if there's something that I think that I need or it's essential or that I want it, I'll just ask myself, you know what, if it's good today, it'll be good tomorrow. If it's good tomorrow, it'll be good the next day. And then after that period of time, I can probably evaluate a little bit better if it's something that's really essential to my life and what I'm called to do and what I'm trying to accomplish. So those are just some of the bullet points I initially put that I thought might be my summary or teaching points from this topic. But overnight, I woke up around 1, 1.30 and was thinking about this, and it's like, bam, Holy Spirit, the Lord, or something just said, no, these are the two big things that I want you to share. And again, I'm not saying these are it. Some of you might have ideas also, but for me, these are key. The first one is we in our culture and society have such a mindset of being an owner. We believe that everything we have, all of our stuff, we own it. We own our business. We own our children. We own our houses. We own our stuff. And yes, we may have our name deeded to some of that. We may have our name on the title of vehicles, all of that. But I think that one of the things we need to have if we are operating and serving God, not mammon, is the mindset of a steward, not an owner. A steward is a caretaker, a trustee, someone that takes care of something until they gift it back or they, until they're done with it or until it goes to someone else. And uh, one of the things I've talked about, this is in leadership, another topic for another day, but that we really need to think in terms of being a steward more than an owner. Because if we really do that, then we will look at all the things that we have been blessed with and consider them gifts that we steward over and take care of, not that we own. And for those that might be watching this, I'm kind of wrapping my arms around our stuff and we're holding tight to it and we can't let go of it and we want more of it because we're not sure if we can keep this. So we want more. The mindset of a steward is I'm here for a season. There are things that I'm gifted with that I will take care of. And when I'm done with them, I need to gift them back and they need to be better in better condition uh, than they were when I got them. That mindset to me helps me serve God, not mammon. And then the final thing is to have the heart of gratefulness or gratitude. If I think back on times that I started going after more. There were times that I started thinking more of myself and not being grateful for those things that I had been gifted with to steward over. One house wasn't enough. One business wasn't enough. Real estate, we were acquiring real estate, you know, 30, 40, 50, 100 pieces of real estate. That wasn't enough. There were never enough. We always were want. I was always wanting more because I wasn't showing stewardship over what I had and gratitude for just that one or two or three. And I've really observed this in, I guess, our culture, some people I'm around, that that one thing, gratitude. I mean, if we're looking for something that's an antidote or something that can wipe out this addiction to more, stewardship and gratitude, and probably gratitude more than anything else. Because when we show gratitude, then we are acknowledging the gift that God has given us, and it really prevents us from having that uh, well up inside of us that we just want 
more and more and more. And like a lot of us have recognized, I'm sure you have too, more is insatiable. Mammon is insatiable. It cannot be satisfied. Gratitude, a grateful steward, that can be satisfied so easily. And it goes back to what Paul said. I'm happy. I'm content. I'm content with what I have. And I will tell you this, just to give you a little glimpse, that that is most of the story that the main character, it's kind of another theme that the main character in my novel, Coach, uh, A Story of Success Redefined, goes through. So it's been, it's right, like really real to me because I've experienced it. I see it in others. And now I've just sort of written about it in a kind of a different and unique way in the form of a story. So I hope this has been really cool and interesting to you and you're not going, what in the world is this addiction to more? I would love to hear your comments, your feedback, your ideas, your thoughts on how you deal with this, how others can deal with this addiction to more. Again, I don't think it's something that we just take care of and we move on and it's done. I think a lot of people, a lot of us, it's a constant, just like people that might have other addictions. So I, um, I, you know, this was kind of a difficult thing to discuss. I had some notes, but uh, kind of bounced around a little bit. So I am hopeful that this has been helpful. Thanks for listening in. I would love it if you would do two things for me. I'm going to ask again as I finish up. Number one, share this episode because I know had I heard something about this 10, 15, 20 years ago, maybe it would have impacted me. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't ready, but I know if someone like you had taken a screenshot and texted and said, hey, Tim, listen, take a listen to this. Uh, There might be some things that you could get some value from. It would have meant a lot to me. I know you might be thinking of someone that that might be the same thing. So take a screenshot, share it out of your podcast player. Um, If you're on YouTube or something, share this. I would appreciate it. And then last thing, I'm going to just encourage you again. Go to timwinders.com forward slash book, pre-order the novel, or if after it's been released, just go find it, uh, Coach, A Story of Success Redefined. Order the book. Read up on it. It's more on this topic and uh, love to hear some feedback on that. So thanks for listening in. New episodes every Monday. Until next time, continue being all that you were created to be.